One of the most powerful words that can unlock future growth for you and for your team is formed with two simple letters, N-O. Yes, saying no, or even not yet, might just be what you need to level up your loans and deposits at your bank, at your credit or at your fintech. So how can you say no to grow with courage and confidence? Well, let's find out on today's episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Greetings and hello. My name is James Robert Lay, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. This episode is part of the Real Solution series where we take real challenges from real leaders to transform them into real opportunities. And joining me for today's conversation is Jill Sammons. Jill is the Senior Vice President of Marketing, Wellbeing, and Wealth Advisory at BCU. And today, we're going to dive into how you can say no to grow. Welcome to the show, Jill. It is great to share time with you today. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And before we get into transforming obstacles into opportunities, roadblocks into a path forward to future growth, what is good for you right now, personally or professionally? It is your pick to get started on a positive note. <laughs> All right. Well, I love positivity. It's in my top five. Uh, and I also love it when anyone asks about my personal life because I can't be good at my professional life if uh, things aren't going well personally. So right now I'm coming off of a great holiday season and have every reason to celebrate good health, happiness uh, in all of my family. So really happy about that. Thank you for asking. No, I affirm that. And this idea of the personal and professional integration, it's a key theme in my upcoming book, Banking on Change, that I have framed around exponential growth. And I define exponential growth is when an individual, a team, and an organization perceives that they are growing professionally and personally at the same time, mm -hmm. because what's happening to you professionally is going to impact you personally. What's going to, sure. what's happening to you personally is going to impact you professionally. And, and on that note of, of professional growth, what's mm -hmm. a, what's a roadblock? What's a challenge? What's an obstacle that is confronting you, confronting your team right now, that if you yep. could eliminate that, that roadblock, transform that obstacle into an opportunity, it would lead to future growth. What's, what's standing in your way right now? Sure. I would say what's standing in our way is um, the, the, difficulty in knowing what to say no to. Um, you know, we're an organization who, you know, and I think it's inherent in credit unions a little bit, um, that you try to be all things to all people. Be that all things to all your employees, all things to all of your members, all things to all of the company partners or communities or business partners that you serve. And ultimately, when you do that, years and years and years layer that upon yourself, um, it leads to being stuck sometimes in knowing what you can eliminate in order to amplify the things that you're really, really good at um, and differentiate. I hear you on this. And it's been a pattern that I've heard from other leaders as well, particularly when they're thinking about strategy, they're wanting to get really clear into the few things that they can focus on that will create the greatest value going forward. There's a lot of history. There's a lot of legacy. I, I want to ask you, why, why is it hard to say no? What, mm -hmm. what makes that such a challenge 
either for yourself or from hearing from others telling you no? What is that? Sure. I think it's a few different things. I think that it's um, it, it's this ability for anyone who wants to do something. You know, I like to believe their heart is in the right place. Um, they they see opportunity for us mm. in something that they bring forward. Um, and we don't have a history of being really clear about what our North Star is. And then bumping everything that comes to us to decide on what to, to dedicate time, talent, and financial resources to against that North Star. Yeah. Um, and so in this last year, we have put together a framework and it will, it's certainly still a decision that's made by a number of people. It isn't, you know, um, something, these aren't decisions that are made in a silo, sure. but it will help us. And I'll, if you, if you want me to describe it, I can talk about the framework, but ultimately it gives us the benefit of having structure where there hasn't been structure in the past. So it forces decisions to be made all using the same context. I, I want to pause on this point for a little bit more context, and I will call it perspective. Mm -hmm. Perspective is the sum of context and framing. And when you're working in an organization that has a lot of history, it has a lot of legacy, and we want to celebrate that history. We want to celebrate that legacy because we wouldn't be where we're at without that history and that legacy. But the sure. question and the hard question is, is, is that history, is that legacy going to be the next thing that gets us to the next level of where we're all looking to grow and go together? So with that in mind, You've already made some progress here to have a North Star, a litmus test. I think it would be helpful for those watching and listening to get some, some clarity into what that is for you here. Sure. Well, I think I'm like all of my peers who would say that even if you were crystal clear on your context and framework pre-pandemic, mm the pandemic shifted all of that and 2023 in particular for financial institutions, everything that we've all been good at has been tested yeah. uh, and continues to be tested. And so, you know, I'm proud of BCU for accepting that challenge, not ignoring it, not, you know, explaining it away, justifying things and saying, no, you know what? We can do better. We we have been outstanding at being a lending institution for a number of years. And 2023 <laughs> was a year where borrowing took a back seat. Yeah. And it was hard to, you know, if you're not bringing in the pot, you know, loan to share then starts to get out of balance. Right. Um, and so this this seismic shift organizationally to go after deposits, just as an example, sure. is something that we didn't, we hadn't built a lot of muscle for over the years. Yeah. I think also of another credit union that we have worked in and have advised um, for probably seven years now, they felt that same pain, even to the point to mm -hmm. when their CEO went to open a CD certificate of deposit account on their website, ran into some roadblocks that mm -hmm. opened up this whole can of worms in a positive sense because it shed light into the dark yep. and then it inspired a lot of positive action 
And so we then went in and facilitated a digital secret shopping study on that particular product line and found even more opportunities that they could, you know, gaps they could bridge, things that they weren't aware of. And it was no one's problem, just that that part of the business hadn't been a focus. But because of the way the environment shifted, like 2020, 23, it shifted very quickly. Change is Mm -hmm. hard. Change is scary. Change is painful. But coming back to this point of having a framework, a North Star, a litmus test, that gives us the courage. And I think that's the key word to courage to say no. And you, you used the word so yeah, we've, we've, we've done good things, but we can be better. I would, I would add to that context. We can be even better and be very mindful when using that word, when working with others within the team, because what do you mean we can be better? I thought we've been great. No, no, no. We can be even better. Cause that, that one word celebrates yeah. the progress that we have made and, and also sets the, the path forward. Now on the point of saying no, um, one thing that I've actually found helpful, obviously, if you have a path forward and you have a framework, and, and we do call this the digital growth blueprint, growth is an acronym, and it starts with your goals. Mm-hmm. What are the three mm-hmm. things you're really striving for? And the question is, well, why three? Well, omni trium perfectum, it's Latin. All good things mm-hmm. come in threes. Um, so you yep. have these three things that you're striving for, but then the R is the roadblock. What stands in the way? And I think the, the, the more that we at least gain clarity into the potential roadblocks, we can identify them. And then that takes us to the O. What are the opportunities to overcome, eliminate the roadblocks or transform the, the obstacles into opportunities to make progress towards the stated goals for growth? Then we move into the W. It's putting the who before the how. Where are the collaborations going to come from? Is that an internal collaboration or do we need to work externally with external partners to bridge internal mm-hmm. capability capacity gaps? Takes us to the T. It's the tools and the technologies that we need to move forward, whether it's the internal or external collaboration. Then finally, it's the W. Now it's the how. Now we're getting to the tactics of how we can move forward. But breaking those down into smaller 90-day sprints. So we call this the 90-day growth method. And that's where you are cycling through four different environments every 90 days. You're learning, you're thinking, you're then doing, but then you're going to create space and time to review what you've done to then learn, think, do even better through the next 90 day period of time. So when requests do come in, hey, we need you to do this, or hey, can you help us with that? Having that 90 day growth method says, let's pause. Do we have the capability? Do we have the capacity? Do we have the capital to do this? Will it help us move towards and make progress towards our goals for growth? Or is it a distraction? Is it a roadblock? And a lot of these tools, if you think about where conflict comes within the organization, it's typically between people. It's communication. And so you have person A on one side, person B or team on the other side, but then the tool becomes an objective third party that sits at the top of a triangle and now you're speaking through the tool instead of to the person, you're speaking through the tool, through the model, through the framework, common language comes back into play, and that can eliminate a lot of the conflict right there. But the other thing, too, is when it comes to saying no, not yet. Because a lot of times people don't like to hear no, no, we can't do this. No, we can't do that. I hear you. You want to do this? I love it. It's a fantastic idea. 
let's go put that in our innovation jar. What's the innovation <laughs> jar? Well, the innovation jar has typically been called the parking lot by other organizations. Um, yep. The back burner by other organizations. Well, the thing with back burners is things get cold on the back burner. The things in the parking lot, they just <laughs> sit parked there. But the innovation jar, if you're going through that 90-day growth methodology, now every 90 days we can come back to the innovation jar, review what has been added to the jar, and then prioritize them against the goals, roadblocks, and opportunities that we've set out for the context of this particular year. So it makes the, the pain of no... And I know before we hit record, we were talking about our kids and families. My kids <laughs> hate no. So one of the things that uh -huh. I've used over the years, can we do this? I don't know, not yet. Not yet. Maybe. But they've, they've uh -huh. started to wise up that they think, well, that's going to be a no. And I'm like, does it mean no? Because sometimes those not yets or maybes, they end up becoming yeses. But it's all contextual mm -hmm. to time. And so whenever I say no, but let's, let's come back and revisit that. It gives them that hope and expectation that, you know what, he's not going to forget about it. So we write it down, we come back, we revisit it. That's the idea of the innovation jar because the not yet is less painful than the sting and the pain of no. Mm -hmm. What's your take? Where's, where's an opportunity to apply some of this thinking within your, your own framework and methodology here? I'm going to, I'm going to back up a little. I mean, I, I, I celebrate everything that you just said because I, you know, it definitely resonates with me. There's a couple of things I would add and maybe just something also to um, inject. One would be to add, no is actually a positive thing in a lot of ways. Very true. Um, in our organization, you know, it, when we taught, when we get to talking to the employees and the supervisors and the middle managers, they're praying we'll say no <laughs> occasionally to yes. some because it creates a lot of pain for them. Yeah. And it's more systems to learn and it's more, you know, workflows to have to follow. Can you please simplify things and say no to more? So we're actually seeing the organization celebrating. Beautiful. I do love your comment though, the not yet. Um, because I don't think, I, I think the reason I love that so much is because I also wouldn't want our employees to think that no is a permanent thing and, and it will never happen because right. we might put it in the innovation jar and pull it out a year from now. Sure. And we don't want there to be, um, you know, to send a mixed message yeah. around. So I, I love innovation. the idea of switching that to, yeah, to yeah. not yet. Yeah. Um, the other thing I would add or, or, you know, add to, or maybe look at it through a different lens you went through your acronym and I'll share with you that in our part of that strategic framework was first identifying our strategic identity, mm. four pillars of the strategic identity that we were going to evangelize around. Yeah. And in our case, our W, the who relationships is one of our, our tenants, our strategic pillars. Yeah. Um, if we aren't connecting with one another, if we can't rely on our business partners, rely on our internal teams, you know, rely on the, the, the quality of the leadership that we've put together and our company partners and our members in, in some cases, then we aren't going to win. Mm. So, you know, relationships is the who. It's really, really important to us to cultivate and foster those relationships. 
I'm glad. Um, I'm glad. The you, other, go ahead. No, I just wanted to pause you real fast. I'm glad you brought the who up because in the idea of relationship, if I look ahead and I, th- well, first, if I look back to 2020 and how much that chaos put people into a state of conflict and just negative emotion, mm-hmm. same yeah. thing. It's like, it's like 2021, 2022, 2023. It's like, can we just get a break, please? (laughs) As we look ahead into 2024 and even beyond, I am predicting that EX employee Mm -hmm. experience will be a key determining factor of those who provide a positive HX human experience that can then be multiplied Mm -hmm. through a positive DX, a digital experience. So I just wanted to pause you on that point and reinforce that there for those watching and listening. And, you know, your equation, your DX plus HX equals growth and how you define HX as help and hope. um, we, We talk about that at BCU all the time. And there isn't enough empathy. There isn't enough empathy in, you know, in our peer-to-peer relationships. There isn't enough empathy in our employees-to-member relationships, in our business partner relationships. We need to constantly be bringing that to the forefront, which is another reason why I'm so pleased that both relationships and one of our other strategic pillars is technical agility. Mm. So that technical agility and relationships are two of the four strategic pillars we have, um, I think is a nod to that that idea that you can't have a great digital experience if you don't have a great human experience and vice versa. Very true. And you use the word technical agility. Once again, I want to just amplify this for those watching and listening. So you mentioned the, the, the equation DX plus HX equals growth. Well, that was banking on digital growth. And then I realized very quickly through the pandemic experience that I missed such a key <laughs> element. I had to go back and write a whole new book, which is where banking on change came from, because the re- right. the reformulated equation is in parentheses, EX plus HX, outside parentheses, and another parentheses is D- the DX. That's the multiplier right there. But come back to this idea of technical agility, agility or AQ, adaptability quotient. From my experience in working with other leaders, this is not something that a lot are thinking about right now. If you think there's three levels of intelligence, you have IQ, it's kind of like what you know, (laughs) EQ, back to your point of relationship, it's how you connect. But then there's the AQ component. It's how, how adaptable are you? And for simplicity's sake, uh, we'll look at the works of Carol DeWick, Growth Mindset, and um, Angela Duckworth, Grit. Mm -hmm. So Grit and Growth Mindset are two key elements for AQ. The good news here is AQ is something we're working with organizations. AQ can be benchmarked and it can be coached and elevated. And so if you look at formulas and equations, EQ plus AQ is greater than IQ alone, particularly now more than ever before in the age of AI. And I think the more that we can encourage those to build their EQ muscle, but also their AQ muscle, that really creates another growth multiplier. Jill, do you want to know the fastest way you can build your AQ? Tell me. Take a cold shower every single day. 
scientifically proven. Okay. Scientifically proven to increase your endurance to adapt to environmental stimulus. And that's what this is. COVID, environmental stimulus. Loan to deposit, environmental stimulus. When you take that cold shower, you are forcing your body into a new environment. And you know it's going to be painful. So your your mind is saying, don't do this. This is going to hurt. But you're overriding. <laughs> you're, you're responding, not reacting. You're responding and saying, no, I'm doing this because I know the ability to increase my adaptability starts here. And then there's a slew of other health benefits with cold therapy. We're going to put that on the pause and the back burner, the innovation <laughs> jar for this moment. But I just wanted to add, add to that thought here for you when you're thinking well, about technical. Thank you for that tip. I appreciate it. Although I will say, cause you're in Texas, right? And I'm getting some really, I mean, we got twenties coming and, and I'm getting some really <laughs> cold water coming out of the shower. Like I got, I'm not gonna okay. lie. I went to Amazon, I bought a rubber ducky. So I could test the, the the water temperature and we're getting like out of the faucet now about 45, 50 degrees. So okay, we're, okay, we're getting some. some I good, was just gonna say, you know, water. I'm in Chicago, Correct. so you know, maybe this is the wrong time of year to be advocating for cold showers. But I'm up for it. I'll I'll give it a whirl. My husband will be very happy. Yes, he, uh, <laughs> when the water bill comes. That's right? that's right. That's right. And and my four kids, they've actually taken up this behavior, this practice themselves. Not coach, not encourage, but just they watch and they observe. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, y'all are y'all are gonna have some very strong minds going forward. That's awesome. As as we That's start awesome. to wrap up here, what's one thing that you can take back and apply to mm -hmm. continue to move forward on your journey of growth here? Well, I think um in the context of this conversation, what what I really would say to any of my peers, any listeners, watchers would be um that be brave enough to invert the pyramid. Mm. And I know you talk about that in your book, your first book as well. See, I need, I need, I need the new book to come out. Um, but have the courage to invert that pyramid and, and say not yet, yeah. say yes. And when we're doing our brainstorming, but keep human at the forefront. Mm. And, and by human, I mean, talk to your frontline staff, talk to your middle managers, just like the example you gave about the secret shopper and the CEO trying to open up a CD. If you want to know where the holes and the gaps are in your organization, talk to the, the frontline people, talk to your middle managers. And so have the courage to do something about that and keep forging the path on the on the AQ and the technical agility, but really don't lose sight of the, the emotional intelligence that it takes to um, bring it all together. I'd add one more thought, practically speaking, create a don't do list. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of times we say, well, what are we going to do this year? We're going to add something new. We're going to add, we're going to add to the list, but anything you add to the list, you got to take something off the list. Mm -hmm. And this is the hardest part. What are you going to let go of? What are you going to say no to yeah. to grow? Yeah. What are you going to let go of to continue to grow? Yeah. And when you create that don't do list, and, and I'm writing about this in Banking on Change, 
it really creates a strategic asset in a hard, challenging discussion. I like discussions like this because diamonds are forged under pressure. But it's what are we going to say no to? What are we going to stop doing so that we can start doing these new initiatives that create that much more value going forward for these particular members, for these particular employees mm-hmm. all transformation it starts with end then it goes to the team from the team to the organization from the yeah. organization can spill over into the lives of the members and the communities that yeah. we're serving jill this has been a fantastic discussion fantastic conversation if someone's wanting to connect with you and we're always looking to just continue to expand the digital growth community at, at a larger global level what's the best way for them to reach out and say hello to you oh i'd love for anybody to reach out to me on linkedin or reach directly to me at bcu i'm uh it's jill.sammons at bcu.org connect with jill learn with jill grow with jill jill thanks for joining me for another episode of the banking on Digital thank Growth you. Podcast. this has been a lot of fun really today. appreciate being here thank you as we wrap up another episode of the banking on digital growth podcast where we've taken real challenges from a real leader to transform them into real opportunities i have a question for you where might you be able to say no to grow? And instead of saying no, what about saying not yet and placing that idea into your innovation jar to revisit 90 days from now? Now, one thing to consider placing into your innovation jar and taking action on right now is one of our website secret shopping studies. This is the fastest way to learn where you're losing millions in loans and deposits for a key product line in less than 30 days for less than $5,000 plus. I guarantee you that if your website secret shopping study cannot find at least $5,000 worth of value for you to capture or to create in the next 12 months, you're going to get a 100% refund. That's right. You're going to get all of your money back. All of the risk is on us and not on you. So text me 832-549-5792 to schedule your 100% risk-free website secret shopping study and my team. We'll show you where you're losing millions in loans and deposits in less than 30 days. That is 832-549-5792. Your website secret shopping study, 100% risk-free to you. So I look forward to seeing you very soon on the next episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. As always, and until next time, be well, do good, be the light. <laughs>